You know, most of us like the idea of being independent, doing things your way, not having anyone to tell you what to do, what you can't do, where to go. Being independent has its advantages, but it's not the calling that God has for your life or mine. And God isn't even calling us to be independent together. There are a lot of churches that do that, where each person comes together and they're living their own life, but they're never really interconnected. Instead of being independent or independent together, God calls us to something completely different. He calls us to interdependence, being connected to one another, relying on one another. This is how Paul puts it in the book of Romans. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Do you get that? Each member belongs to all the others. That is a clear indication as possible that we're not independent. We're not independent together. We are interconnected. We are interwoven as the body of Christ. We are interdependent with one another. God has put us together in the body. And just like all the body parts are are different and have different functions, when they work together, it's a beautiful thing. When they don't work together, it's not such a beautiful thing. Morgan down here tells me yesterday she, her back went out on her. When your back's not working together with you, it's not a good thing, is it? And in many of our lives, we understand that. God created us to be the body of Christ. Now, here's the good thing about being interdependent. We don't lose our uniqueness, our giftedness, nor our talents. We're not absorbed into some gigantic monolithic collective We still have our own gifts. We still have our own abilities. We still have our own uniqueness. But God weaves those together into the body of Christ so that we don't live for ourselves. We live for Him. We live for His glory. And all our gifts and all our talents and all our skills and all our uniqueness is now used to build up the kingdom of God and not just for ourselves. I think all of us understand that God has a purpose for our lives. But what we want to emphasize in our 40 days of community and ongoing is that God not only has a plan for your individual life, and He does, but God has a plan for us together. God has a plan for you and for me and for all of us together, the body of Christ. You bring your distinctiveness, your individuality your uniqueness, your gifts, I bring mine. And together, we do greater things than we could have ever imagined we could do. And so I'm excited to see what God's going to do through this time. The aim of the 40 Days of Community is pretty simple. And that is to draw us together into a loving community of faith. To compel us and to draw us outside the walls to reach the community around us and to do it all in absolute and complete dependence upon the Holy Spirit of God. That's what this 40 days of community is about. And and that's what we pray you will begin to discover as you begin to build relationships within, as you begin to touch lives on the outside, and as you begin to understand the leadership of God in both your individual life and in the life of your group. This morning, we want to begin by asking a very simple question. Why do I need others? This is kind of laying the foundation for what we're doing. Why do I need others? And there are a few answers. If you have your notes, you can follow along with this. Why do I need others? I need others to walk with me. I need others to walk with me. 
You see, spiritual growth shouldn't be seen as something that is optional for us. God calls us to grow. We are born again, and that begins a process, a a lifelong process of spiritual growth. This is what the Bible says. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live or walk in Him. And that word live literally means to walk along with Him. Continue your walk, your journey of faith that you have begun. We can do this alone, I guess, but that's not what the Bible calls us to. The Bible calls us to live this life, to walk this journey together. He does it in marriage. All the way back in Genesis said it's not good for man to be alone. But then as we look in the ministry of Jesus, as he sent his disciples out to do ministry, he didn't send them out solo. They went out in pairs. We need to walk along life with someone else. Now, why is it important to walk with other people? There are many reasons, but let me just give you three reasons why it is, it's better to walk with others. The first reason is this, is safer. It is safer. As we go through life, there are some pretty rough places that you will go through. It is so much safer if you're going through with someone who's looking out for you, who cares about you, who's willing to warn you. It's safer. Secondly, it's supportive. There is a Zambian proverb that says, when you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. We're in this for the long haul. It's not about seeing who can get there first. It is about a marathon of faith that you and I are on together. As we can encourage one another, we're like the flock of geese. One takes a leave for a while, and when he falls back, another steps up or flies up and takes the lead. We need one another in that way to be supportive of one another. It's also smarter. You may not believe this, but you don't know it all. You haven't had every experience. And there are people who can come around you who've had experiences that are similar to yours, who've had struggles just like struggles that you've gone through, who can come alongside and be a source of support and encouragement and wisdom for you. The Bible says that there is wisdom in many counselors, that we get, we get a broader perspective than just our one-track view of life. It's so funny because before I was married, I knew all about marriage. Before I had kids, I could easily tell you how to raise your kids. But now that I've had experiences in both marriage and kids, I began to look to those who've had experiences beyond mine so I can learn from them. And I've been privileged with the grace group that I'd been a part of that had younger families in it to be able to impart hopefully some of the wisdom that I had to them to try to encourage them. That's the way God designed it. We're better together. We need to walk with other believers. We need to be connected with other believers. We need their love. We need their strength. We need their wisdom. We need someone who will hold us accountable, who knows our struggles, who loves us through those struggles, and who's willing to challenge us and ask the hard questions in life. We need people who ask us about our sexual purity. We need people who ask us about our honesty and our integrity. We need people to ask us where we've gone on the Internet. We need people to hold us accountable, to ask us how our quiet times are going. We need that. We find that in community, and it's awfully hard to find alone. And that's why we've spent so much time over the course of this year thus far, and we'll continue to emphasize groups coming together to support one another. 
Now, if you feel disconnected from the body of Christ, then I want to encourage you to become a part of a community of faith, a small group of believers, because there's real danger in being disconnected. I've seen it. I've been in ministry long enough to know that if you're disconnected, you tend to drift off. And the sad thing is because you're disconnected, people don't notice. And then suddenly we look around and we go, well, have you seen so-and-so lately? No, I'm sorry, I haven't seen them. Come to find out it's been a month, two months. Being connected solves that issue. And i got to tell you, it helps me out a lot too. Because when we're connected in smaller groups, the pastoral care is so much better. It's not that I'm a bad pastor. It's just that you have a group of people who know what's going on in your life and you know they're praying for you. And they're able to intervene much more quickly and much more uh, sensitively than probably I can. And so that should really be our first line of pastoral care. And I'm so excited because our mercy team is taking that and, and taking that ball and running with it. And now when we find out that there's somebody in the life of the church who's hurting or struggling or had an issue in their life, their grace group leader, their grace group facilitator gets a phone call to say, Hey, listen, did you know that so-and-so has been in the hospital or so-and-so has had this issue? To allow that grace group to respond. So it's wonderful to be in a group, but it's tough to be disconnected from a group. For you see, community is God's answer to loneliness. Community is God's answer to loneliness, to being alone, to being disconnected. Way back in the Old Testament, we get this great piece of advice from Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Two are better than one. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who has no one to help him up. Pity the man who has no one to help him up. Just imagine the difference in your life if you were connected to a small group of people who loved you and were concerned about your spiritual growth and your life. Imagine how much of an encouragement that they could be to you. God's Word says, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are now doing. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Would anybody testify with me that there's enough tearing down out there in the world? Is there enough out there trying to tear you down? Absolutely. Doesn't it make sense to be connected with a group of people who can build you up, encourage you when you're down? We need that, all of us, and that's the way God designed it. Imagine how much better your life would be if you had someone encouraging you. Now, turn that around. Imagine how much better life would be for someone else. If you were there to encourage and build them up. You see, it's not just about taking, taking, taking. It's about giving. It's about the overflow. You're encouraged. They're encouraged. Mutual encouragement. And so we, we, we need each other to walk with one another. The second reason we need each other is I need others to work with me. If you've served in church life or just about any organization, you've discovered the 80-20 rule. Someone, someone want to, what's the 80-20 rule? All right, 80% of the work's done by 20% of the people. Just about any organization you get in, you find that that is true. And I think in some ways it's even true here. 80% of the work, 80% of the load, carried by 20% of the people. Quite frankly, in the course of five and a half years, we've had some people who carried more than their share of the load. 
They've done it out of service to God. They've done it out of love for Grace Fellowship. They've done it because it needed to be done. And they picked up the ball and they moved it forward. And I am so grateful for those people. But you know what? After a while, that gets a little wearying. The load gets a little heavy. And you're looking around saying, hey, would someone come? I don't want to throw the load off. But would someone come and link up together with me and help me carry the load? Each one of us, each and every one of us is called and gifted to serve. And if each one of us were doing what God was calling us to do, there would be no one person in the life of the church who would be weighed down with a crushing burden. We'd all be carrying our part. And I know different stages of life, you are able to devote different amounts of time. I understand that. I'm not asking everybody to be up here for 20 hours a week. By all means, don't do that. If you're doing that, then you're probably either not going to get paid or, or you're not going to be out there ministering in the world where people need you. So I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is let us look at how God has gifted us and how God can use us. And then let's bring that in for kingdom purposes. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, We're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has equipped us. God has shaped us. God has gifted us to serve. He's prepared in advance for us to do it. It's just a matter of our getting on board with what God wants to do. When we share the load, there are great benefits. Again, in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. When we work together, there's exponential impact. It multiplies when we work together. It can get a little tedious when we're working alone. But when we're working in tandem, we can get more than twice the amount done. It multiplies. It doesn't add. We want to do what we can for the, for the growth of the impact of this kingdom. And doing it together is the smartest way to do it. I was going to bring a, I didn't want to embarrass anybody, I was going to bring a phone book up here this morning. Just have a, a single page from a phone book and see if someone could tear it apart. And literally, anybody could tear apart one page of the phone book. Very thin paper, very easy to tear. But when you put them together in a phone book, even minus the cover, have you ever tried to tear one of those in half? It's pretty tough. But I figured there was an even better illustration than this. And that is what you've been seeing on the news that is being called Snowmageddon. The 30-plus inches of snowfall that have fallen in the mid-Atlantic states and has absolutely paralyzed cities like Washington, D.C. Think how frail a snowflake is. And yet, when they come together, they can not only stop traffic, they can shut down a city. Think of the power of God's people coming together to worship, to fellowship, to grow to serve, to share. What a powerful image for us as we launch out into this 40 days of community. We become more easily wearied when we work alone. But there's another benefit other than just getting more work done. It's that the work becomes more enjoyable. Just ask anyone who's been on our Dominican Republic trips or our Zambian mission trips or our Where's Valley mission trips. There's work to be done. But in the work, 
as we work together, there's so much fun to be had. So much laughing that takes place. When we work together, we not only get more work done, but we enjoy what we're doing even more. I need others to work with me as well as to walk with me. Third, I need others to watch out for me. If your dad was like my dad, he liked to watch old westerns. And there, there was a scene in just about every movie where, you know, one of the good guys, they were, they were in a shootout, and one of the good guys is going to make a break for a big rock over here or, a, or an overturned wagon over here or, or for the back of the saloon or wherever they were going to run. And he'd get ready to run out and he'd go, now cover me, cover me. I'm going to make a break for that rock. As believers in Jesus Christ, we need someone who's going to cover us, who's looking out for us, who's got our backs. We need someone like that who's watching out. Do you have anybody who's looking out for your soul? Do you have anyone who's who's interested, who's covering you when it comes to your soul? Philippians chapter 2 says, Each one of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Think about that for a moment. You're not just looking out for yourself. You're looking out for others. That's the way God designed it. The Bible calls us to keep on loving each other as brothers. How many of you ever had, have you had brothers? Raise your hand if you had a brother. I had a brother, younger brother. We used to fight all the time, but nobody else better pick on him because he's my brother, and I'm looking out for him. Matter of fact, we fought until he got bigger than me, and now I hope he's looking out for me. But that's the way God designed us to be in relationships so that we're looking out for one another. We're protecting one another. We've got one another's back, so to speak. We have this responsibility for one another. We should stand shoulder to shoulders as we face the the, the problems and the challenges of life and as we face the, the awesome, devastating forces of Satan. Solomon said, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. We need someone to come alongside us, to fight alongside us. One of the greatest blessings to being part of a grace group is that you'll have people who are looking out for you. And you'll have the privilege of of watching out for them. For you see, community, it's God's answer to defeat. There is power in numbers. Fourth, I need others who will weep and wait with me. Peter the Apostle wrote, Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love his brothers. Be compassionate and humble. To be sympathetic means that you share the feelings of another. Paul puts it this way. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. God doesn't mean for us to endure our suffering and sorrows alone. As you grow in the relationships... As you grow, as you begin to, to unveil yourself, and not, not literally, but, but to reveal your innermost being to, to the members of your group, they begin to understand your struggles and, and be sympathetic to come alongside you in your struggles. 
to pray for you and to support you and to hold you accountable and to challenge you sometimes, but to weep with you and to go to the hospital and wait with you and to be with you throughout the greatest challenges of your life. God never intended us to endure those alone. You see, community is God's answer to despair. Paul wrote, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. We're in this together. Whether it's crying or laughing or encouraging or praying, together is how God intended us for, for us to do it. And then finally, I need others to witness with me. This is not last because it's least important. I need others who witness with me. People outside the church have their eyes on you. They're looking at you. They're listening to what you say, but they're also looking at your life to see if the two go together. And if our life and our words don't mesh, guess which one they're going to believe? Our life, what we do, is going to trump what we say. People are looking at our lives. And so we want, to, we want to make sure that our lives are a testimony to the world. How we live is a testimony to the world. And in that light, hear what Jesus said. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That means how we respond to one another will either enhance or detract from our witness, our testimony. The greatest witness that you and I can have before the world is that in spite of our differences, in spite of our uniqueness, in spite of all those things that that separate us, we love one another and come together. We may not agree on politics. Someone may be type A and some type Z. But God brings us together. Our cultural backgrounds are different. Our socioeconomic background is different. Our racial background is different. Everything is different. And yet God can bring us together and we can live in true love relationship with one another. It is a testimony to the awesome power of God to overcome every obstacle and still have a powerful body of Christ working in the world. As we come together in grace groups, you see, we focus on God's truth, but we also focus on building relationships with one another so that we learn to love. We learn to love. And i got to tell you, love is a commitment, but it is also something you learn to do. Anybody that's married will tell you this. There are days when a married married person will turn over and look at the person laying on the pillow next to them and go, What did I do? Now, on the day that they got married, they just felt this overwhelming love. But there are days that you look at your spouse and you go, I really don't feel like I love you today. Maybe they've done something or who knows what it is, but the feeling's gone. But you learn to love in spite of the lack of feelings that happen from time to time. You learn to love even when that person is aggravating. You learn to love even when they do things to push your buttons sometimes. You learn to love them through it all. i got to tell you, being a part of the body of Christ is no different. 
You hang around here long enough, you're going to get your feelings hurt. Someone is going to say something that sets you off. But you learn to love them because you're not loving them with how you feel. You're loving them with the love of Christ. The love that God has shown to you. That while we were still in our sins, Christ loved us enough to die for us. We didn't deserve it, but he loved us anyway. And that's the kind of love that pours into us and pours out of us and becomes a testimony to the world of the power, the awesome power of God. How we love each other is key, but it doesn't stop inside the walls because we're called to love people outside. And when we go out and we begin to show tangible expressions of love to people, it becomes a witness as to the love of God. And we, as part of our 40 days of community, encourage every grace group to have at least a one-time, if not an ongoing ministry service outside the walls of this church where you can touch people in the name of Jesus. And our hope is that as we begin to do that, it begins to tear down those walls and tear down those barriers so then they're able to listen to understand the reason of the hope that we have, the reason that we're out there to begin with. It's not to check off the list, done that, can move on. It's to show in tangible ways the love of Jesus Christ to the world. Now, this can be a scary thing to get out beyond the walls of the church. But the Bible reminds us God did not give us a spirit of timidity, a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. God did not intend for us to cower in the corner but to go out and engage the world. And i got to tell you, it's a whole lot easier if you do it together than doing it on your own. Community is God's answer to fear. Together, we can overcome that fear and engage the world. Listen to these verses from Philippians chapter 1. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. We are not in this alone. We are contending as one man, as one body. We're in it together. That's the way God designed it. That's the way God wants us to reach the world. And in your grace groups, you'll have an opportunity to do this very thing. And I'm convinced that you will have greater joy and less fear as you share together rather than thinking it's something I've got to do on my own. So let me, let me tie a ribbon on this. We need each other. We're not independent and we're not independent together. We're interdependent. We need each other. We need each other to walk with us through life. We need each other to work alongside us and to carry the load. We need each other to watch out for each other. We need one another to weep and to wait with us. And we need each other to witness to the world. That is what we want to accomplish beginning in these 40 days of community. I want to encourage each of you to memorize the scripture, not to check it off a list, but because you're going to need it one day, I promise you. I want to encourage each of you to be a part of the work, as many of these worship services as you're able. 
I know some people travel. Some people have, uh, you know, have a grandchild. They need to go. I, I understand some of that's going to happen. But I want you to be here as we connect with one another and learn and grow together, and celebrate together. If you haven't got connected to a grace group, I sh- I'm not trying to guilt anybody. The only reason I'm doing this, this has zero to do with me looking good and everything to do with God's glory and God's kingdom and your good. We want you to grow. We want you to be connected. We want you to be as effective in the kingdom as possible. And it's awfully hard to do if we're trying to do it alone.